Morning, church. How's everybody doing? Okay, I want to see how well you know your Bibles. Um, So let's have a little quiz. You didn't know we were going to have a quiz today, so here's a quiz. What's the longest name in the Bible? Maher Shalahashbaz. Guess all the good names were used up. Besides Adam and Eve, who in the Bible had no parents? Joshua, son of Nun. You do know where tennis is first mentioned in the Bible? When Joseph served in Pharaoh's court? I'm going to need a little more energy from you today. <clears throat> Who said that? You're going to make me go there. What's the first college mentioned in the Bible? That would be Oklahoma State. He leads me beside Stillwater. Who was the first financial planner in the Bible? That was Noah. He floated his entire stock while the whole world was in liquidation. Going to need... Wow, I got a wow out of that. I'm going to need a little more energy from you today. So um, let me ask you this. What's the longest chapter in the Bible? Psalm 119. What's What's the shortest chapter in the Bible? Psalm 117. Very good. Now we're starting to wake up a little bit. We're in a series called Rediscovering God's Word. So I started with some of that because you can have fun with the Bible, and the Bible can be exciting, and um, it doesn't have to be boring. Last week we talked about the need to read, and you need to read your Bible. Um, You owe it yourself to read the Bible because you might be shocked what's not in there. For example, let's keep going. Is it in the Bible? Let me ask you. God helps those who who help themselves. I got to know. Cleanliness is next to godliness. No. What? Mm. Beggars can't be choosers. Charity begins at home. You're waning on me. Everything that glitters is not gold. Heaven must have needed another angel. Perked up on that one, but you do hear that one a lot at funerals. God wants you to be happy. None none of those are in the Bible. So you owe it to yourself to read the Bible to discover what's not in there. And you owe it to yourself to read the Bible to see what is in there. You need to read the Bible. So um, last week we said, what if you got a text message from God? What if you got a text message from God? This text is a message from God, and you owe it to yourself to read it. So again, last week, the need to read. Today, we're going to talk about keep it simple. There it is. Keep it simple. Next week, I'm going to talk about how to be blessed by the Bible. Two weeks from today, I'm going to preach through the whole Bible in one sermon, and we'll get out on time. Just want to share that with you. So today, I just want to simplify. I want to keep it simple. Um, so let me, let me tell you why I want to say that. You and I both know that there's some books in the Bible that they're, they're, 
they're difficult. They're tough to read. And we get discouraged when we get to those books and we get bogged down. And sometimes we even stop reading. So today I'm just going to try to keep it simple, especially for the Old Testament. And then you get preachers who stand up here and say, you need to read your Bible. So I hope I'm not coming across from a guilt point of view. I don't want to do that. I just want you to um, read the Bible and be in God's Word. It's not that we don't get anything out of the Bible. We just know that there's some stuff that's kind of tough in there. So today we're going to simplify. I want to simplify. Let me say this. You can read your Bible and not go to heaven. You, you can read your Bible from Genesis to the maps and not go to heaven. I mean, if you think, okay, I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to heaven, that, that's not it. I'm going to illustrate that a little bit. But reading the Bible won't get you to heaven, and having a Bible won't get you to heaven. Maybe that's why so many Americans have so many Bibles. Well, maybe that will improve my chance to get to heaven. So let me give you some quotes. The Bible was not given for our information, but for our transformation. There's a lot of us that know all the information and yet have not been transformed by the Bible. So we need to be transformed. The goal of reading the Bible is to get the Bible in you, to get the Word of God in you and me. So last week we talked about transformation. The Bible will transform your life, it'll transform your marriage, it'll transform your kids, it'll transform your speech, it'll transform how you treat people, it'll transform your view and how you handle money. But most important, the Word of God shapes us to look more like Jesus. And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord. God wants us to look more like Jesus every day. How do we do that? We're being transformed by the Word of God. Some more quotes. <clears throat> when we devote ourselves to God's Word, His voice becomes clearer. You know, people will say, you know, I just, I'm not getting a word from God. And we don't open our Bibles. It's tough to get a word from God when the Bible stays closed. Let me give you another quote. The primary purpose of reading the Bible is not to know the Bible. The primary purpose is to know God. I love that quote as well. When we spend time in God's Word, we gain understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow His commandments have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. When we open the Bible, God speaks to us. All Scripture is God-breathed and it's useful. We looked at that last week. Scripture is from God. God speaks to us. When we open the Word of God, God tells us about Himself, and God speaks to us as well. I love the translation from the message. Same verses. There's nothing like the written Word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the Word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has given us. So the Word of God, God has spoken. If you're looking for a word from God, God has spoken. This text is a message from God. And again, He's speaking to us. You owe it to yourself as a Christ follower to read through the Bible at least once. That's not a guilt message. You just owe it to yourself to read from Genesis to the maps to see what God has said. So let me explain some things about the Bible. We said these last week. No other book carries the authority of the Bible. It contains history and poetry and humor and wars and blood and guts and prophecy, letters, biographies, songs, journals, laws, stories, romance, sex, kings, slaves, bosses, betrayal. 
It was the first book ever printed on the printing press. It's the best-selling book of all time. Nine out of ten households in America own a Bible, and the average has three. Twenty-four percent of Americans own at least five. So let me tell you some things about the Bible. The Bible's not really a book. It's really 66 books. It's a collection of 66 books. And you can divide those books into the Old Testament and the New Testament. Let me tell you how to remember how many are in the Old Testament. Well, there's three letters in the word old, and there's nine letters in the word testament, so there's 39 books in the Old Testament. When you get to the New Testament, there's three letters in new, and there's nine in testament, and you're like, so there's 39 books in the New? No. In the New Testament, it's all about multiplication and making disciples. Like that? So there's 27 books. 39 and 27, there's 66 books in the Bible. <clears throat> I love this illustration. The Bible was written over 1,500 years by 40 different authors that didn't even know each other. And it's one story that flows all the way through. 1,500 years from about 1,400 B.C. with Moses to about 65 to 70 after the death of Jesus, about 1,500 years, Moses and Paul didn't know each other, and yet the, flurry, the story continues to flow. The Bible's a story of redemption. It's a story of how God wants to redeem His people. It's your story. It's my story. It's how God wants to redeem us. The reason God needs to redeem us is because we can't redeem ourselves. Our sin, somebody's got to handle our sin, and we can't. So God sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for us. That's the story of redemption. It goes all the way from Genesis to Revelation. It is a love story. This is a letter, a love letter from God to us. And we're just trying to understand it. Let me keep trying to make some things simple, hopefully. The Old Testament's a story of God's people, the Israelites. The New Testament is the story of God's people, which is the church. The Old Testament, how God deals with His people through various covenants... The New Testament, how God deals with His people through one covenant. The Old Testament, the blood of animals was shed to be in covenant with God. The New Testament, the blood of Jesus shed once for all to be in covenant with God. In the Old Testament, God wrote His Word on tablets, on stones. In the New, in the New Testament, God writes on our hearts. Let me tell you a little bit about the Old and the New. The Old Testament can be divided into law, history, poetry, prophets. You can break that down even more. Five law... Twelve history, five poetry, five major prophets, twelve minor prophets. Five, twelve, five, five, twelve. That's the Old Testament. The New Testament, there's the Gospels that tell when Jesus was here. There's the history, the book of Acts. There's letters, and then there's prophecy, which is the book of Revelation. You might not know this. The Bible is not chronological. You can buy a chronological Bible, and you're thinking, whoa, this kind of messes me up. I'm going to illustrate some of that today. But there is a storyline in the Bible, and that storyline is like a highway. And on that highway, there is some commentary along the way. Let me illustrate. When you go watch an NFL football game, there are announcers, and those announcers are usually known as the play-by-play -play announcer and the commentary, color commentary. So if you listen to Joe Buck, Joe Buck is the play-by-play -play guy. He's going to tell you when someone runs, passes, scores. He's going to tell you what's actually happening in the game. So if you're not watching and just listening on the radio, it's like you know exactly what's going on. That's what Joe Buck does. 
Troy Aikman is the color commentary. Troy Aikman will come in and he'll provide things like statistics and things about the players and some stories. It's not necessarily the game. He may say something about the game, but he's giving you color commentary along the way. Just a quick timeout sidebar. My first year at Oklahoma Christian, I got to work with the basketball team. Uh, my family knew the Jobs for a long, long time. When they were in Weatherford, Oklahoma, Coach Job said, Hey, you want to help with the team? And I'm like, Yes. So he wore a suit, I wore a suit. I sat in the first chair. I was never first chair at anything. I was in the first chair, and then Coach Job, and then his assistants, and then all the players. If you didn't know any better, you'd think I was the coach. Going to need a little more energy from you all today. <laughs> I kept all the statistics. This was the 70s. This was way before they did the stats on computers. So I'm with my pencil just scribbling anything because if he wanted to know something, then I had to provide. So that was way cool the first year. The second year, I thought, no, I'd just rather watch and enjoy. And a friend of mine did the radio for Oklahoma Christian Basketball. And there was a guy that was sick, and so my friend called me and said, hey, you want to do the color commentary on the, on, for the game tonight? And I'm like, yes. I'd never done that before. I'd never been on the radio before. I didn't know what to do before. I didn't know what color commentary was. He said, just make stuff up. So we traveled to Arkansas, I'm not sure who we played, traveled to Arkansas, and I stumbled through the whole first half. Um, that was the bad news. The good news was um, we weren't plugged in. So everything in the first half, n nobody heard anything on the radio, but at least I was in training. The second half, I felt like I did a whole lot better. I was the color commentary. Here's my point. When you read through the Bible, there's a main storyline, a main highway, and then you've got color commentary on the side. And that color commentary is pretty colorful sometimes about the war, about the romance, about the blood and guts. That's the color commentary. That's what I mean by that. And I want to illustrate that today with the Old Testament. So here's what I want to say. The Old Testament storyline is like a highway. So if you go down the highway, you're getting the main story. Now, you can veer off and take some exits. You can veer off and read the commentary. But the commentary has everything to do with the main story. Let me illustrate. These are the 11 books of the Old Testament. If you just want the story of the Old Testament, if you want it to flow, even almost chronologically, you read Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Joshua, Judges, 1st, 2nd Samuel, 1st, 2nd Kings, Ezra, Nehemiah. There is... In the back, when, you're, when you leave today, I, I don't have mine. I have mine. I'll show you in a second. There's a chart in the back on the table. Um, there's still some reading schedules on the table right below the clock. Um, you know your Church of Christ if there's a clock in the back because we want the preacher to know what time it is. So these are the 11... Going to need a little more energy from you all today. These are the 11 books. So I'm, I'm trying to simplify here. So, let me take the first four. Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, and Joshua. We're just going down the highway. If you just read those, in case somebody never told you, you don't have to read the Bible straight through. You don't have to start in Genesis. There is no law to start in Genesis. If you start in Genesis, we're going to lose you in Leviticus. And you're like, yeah, I, I just don't want to read the Bible anymore. You don't, you don't have to read the Bible in the order that it was written. So you got Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, and Joshua. Let me give you a little color commentary. 
Most people think Job was written during the time of the events, the time frame of Genesis. Between Exodus and Numbers, Leviticus is written. So you can still stay on the highway and skip Leviticus, but if you want a little more color commentary, what God has said, the same thing about Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy was written between Numbers and Joshua. If you just want to stay on the highway and get to the end destination, it's okay if you want the color commentary. But if you're reading along, you're thinking, what is this Leviticus stuff? And what is this Deuteronomy? Yeah, so there... Let's keep moving. Let's stay on the highway. As we stay on the highway, we get to Judges 1 and 2 Samuel. Ruth was probably written during the time of the Judges. All right? 1 Chronicles was written during the time, the events of 2 Samuel, and so were the Psalms. Stay with me here. We're going down the highway. We get to 1 and 2 Kings. You see 2 Chronicles stretched all the way over 1 and 2 Kings because it covers that. It's the color commentary for what's happening in 1 and 2 Kings. During that time, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon were probably written. During the time of the kings, there were a lot of prophets. And the prophets would preach. And God sent different prophets to different people. So that's why I broke it down that way. Some went to the northern kingdom, Hosea and Amos. Some went to the southern kingdom, Habakkuk, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Joel, Micah, Zephaniah, Lamentations, northern kingdom, southern kingdom. Some God even sent to the Assyrians that carried the people off. He sent Jonah and Nahum to the Assyrians. And He sent some people to the Edomites. And the Edomites were bad. I mean, they were so bad. They were such a bad people that God sent, oh, bad Diah. I feel the energy's coming a little bit, but um, I'm just going to keep moving. But, but you, need, you need to know, if you're staying on the highway, it's okay. All of this other stuff is color commentary. Are you with me? Let's keep moving. I found my chart. You, you, there's one of these in the back on the table, right where Dalton is. So if you want to grab one of these on the way out. So let's talk about the period of exile. So the Assyrians, remember God sent some prophets to the Assyrians. The Assyrians carried off God's people. So they were no longer in Jerusalem, okay? So Ezekiel and Daniel prophesied during the period of the exile. And then we end with Ezra and Nehemiah. The last three books of the Old Testament, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, were written during that time. Ezra and Nehemiah are bringing the people back, and they're rebuilding the people, and they're rebuilding the walls. And that's where the Old Testament is about to end. And Esther was probably written during the time of Ezra. So again, that's the Old Testament highway. And those are the 11 books. It's on a chart in the back. If you wanted to see the whole thing, here's what the chart in the back looks like. you got your main highway. If you want to read those 11 books, you're going to flow right through the Old Testament, and it might make better sense to you. We're just trying to keep it simple. It might be easier for you to do that. If you want to go back and read the color commentary, that's where all the color commentary fits in. So let me say this. Um, you, you, You need to use your Bible. I went a lot and a lot and a lot and a lot and a lot years before someone told me it was okay to mark in my Bible. God forbid that we mark in our Bibles. But there was a period of years that I was taught, you you don't pencil, you don't highlight, you don't mark. I'm going to tell you it's okay to mark in your Bible. 
Get a Bible that you can mark in. You can buy Bibles that have bigger margins. It's okay to mark in your Bible. And circle and highlight, you need to use your Bible. God's not going to keep you out of heaven because you didn't mark in the Bible. He's probably going to appreciate that you were taking notes. Let me read you some scriptures. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. His divine power has given us everything we need. Right here. Everything we need in this text message. Everything we need. Everything we need is right there. I love this verse in Jeremiah. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. So we're okay on time. Thanks for putting that clock on the back wall. Um, so we're just trying to keep it simple. So let me, let me share some things with you, okay? I, 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 I want the Bible to be something that you read. So let me say some things. Again, don't start in Genesis and read to the maps. You can do that, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. But if you follow this highway through the Old Testament, it, it might flow a little better for you. If you don't want to do that, there, there's no right or wrong place to start. Read Proverbs. Read Proverbs the rest of your life. Read a chapter in Proverbs every day the rest of your life. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs, so there are some months that you're going to have to double up just a little bit. But you, if you, read, you talk about wisdom. If you read one proverb every day for the rest of your life, you'll be blessed. Let me keep going. Um, if you like history, read the history books. If you like to read about sex, you go find it. Um, you should never get bored reading the Bible. If you're getting bored, change your plan, change your, you know, change books, go to Proverbs, go to the New Testament. You should never get bored reading the Bible. Follow the plan and the videos on our social media. Chris keeps posting stuff all over the social media and the, some of those videos. Bible Project, is that right? Those are, those are fabulous. They're fabulous, so do that. Listen to the Bible during your drive. Some of y'all drive a lot. Some of y'all have a, a long drive to work every day. Find a way to listen to the Bible um, on your drive. Get a Bible you're comfortable reading. Just, just get one that works for you, and it doesn't have to be the King James Version. I couldn't have said that 30 years ago, but it doesn't have to be the King James Version. I know some people say, well, you know what? If the King James Version is good enough for the Apostle Paul, it's good enough for me. Some of y'all might get that on the way home. Remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2? I didn't come with eloquence or superior wisdom. I came to you with the King James Version. That's not in the Bible either. Just wanted to clear that up. Seriously, there are tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of translations. You see me put different translations up here all the time. Because I could read it in the King James and I'm like, mm, not getting there. And I can read it in another translation. Okay, that makes a little more sense. There's an easy to read version. There's, there, there's so many versions. Get one that works for you. So, I think we have time. I'm going to squeeze this in. Um, we all know that a baby with no appetite is sick. Right? All of us who are parents know that. When we have babies, we want them to eat because a healthy baby doesn't have to be coaxed to eat. A healthy baby's not easily distracted when it's hungry. When a baby's hungry, a baby's going to eat. A little baby will let you know he or she's hungry until someone feeds them. Baby Christians are the same way. The only way a baby Christian's going to become healthy is with a good diet, a strong diet. 
in the Word of God. This is food for our souls. And in the same way babies no longer need baby food, baby Christians should mature into adult Christians. And every Christian needs to learn to feed themselves. If you're still needing someone to feed you and you've been a Christian for 50 years, you're still a baby Christian. You remember when your kids were little and the first time you gave them a spoon and, and you wanted them to eat by themselves? That food got everywhere. That food was in, and why is it always the green stuff? That food would get in their hair. That food would be all over. That food would be all over. That food would be all over. But they were learning to feed themselves. And if we keep feeding ourselves in the Word of God, at first you're thinking, I'm not understanding. And it's all over and it's getting here and we're just throwing it everywhere. But pretty soon that food's going to get in. And that food's going to nourish. And you're thinking, it's too difficult. Listen, you just keep feeding yourself this diet. It's going to get in there. This text message from God. He promises that if we ask for understanding... That food's going to get in there, and we're going to start understanding. So we're trying to discover the Bible, rediscovering God's Word. So you don't have to start January 1. You can start today. You can start on Proverbs. You can start in the New Testament. Just, you just pick a book. If you read a verse a day, one verse a day, you'll be blessed. If you read a chapter a day, you'll be blessed. But, but read it and ask God for understanding, because this is food for our souls, and we're trying to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. So let's pray.